Today is Monday, November 7th, and you are listening to a special election edition of What in the World with Amy Travis. For decades, we've been hearing about the wall of separation that should divide the church and state. Individual and entities who despise our Judeo-Christian roots work hard to convince us that religion should not influence politics in any way, shape, or form. But, unfortunately for them, there is no historic or legal basis for the interpretation of the First Amendment in this way. Those who understand the United States Constitution recognize that Jefferson's words have been taken out of context. In an 1802 letter to the Banbury Baptist Association in Connecticut, Jefferson referenced the wall of separation between the garden of the church and the wilderness of the world. This expression was later twisted and used to justify the 1985 Supreme Court decision in Wallace v. Jaffrey. This served to remove the one-minute period of silence Alabama was using to open their school day. You can read more about this in the Post. The Supreme Court later indicated, however, in a 1990 case that Jefferson's wall of separation only applied to limiting the power of the federal government to restrict religious freedom. No other context it was to be used. So there is no historical precedent, biblical mandate, or moral obligation to separate Christianity from politics. In fact, the two entities can't possibly be divided, and I'll prove it. As Christians, we love to talk about the Israelites wandering through the desert for 40 years. We picture them literally walking around with sand in their sandals, surrounded by cacti for four decades. But that's not what happened. They were establishing a new government. The Law of Moses was, and still is, a blueprint outlining the natural order when it comes to governing bodies. Let's talk about four areas of public policy that Moses addressed. Number one, health and nutrition, believe it or not. Before the advent of modern medicine, advanced sanitation practices, and industrialized pasteurization processes, Moses provided guidelines on how to wash, what to eat, and how to eat it to avoid cross-contamination and food-borne illnesses. There's a reason, for example, why Moses forbade the people to eat pigs, and the CDC knows why. You can read about it on their website. The link is in the blog. Do you remember when God instructed Moses to throw a piece of wood into the bitter waters? The water didn't taste bad. It was contaminated. The water source contained parasites that caused awful diseases. According to SERC Online, a homeopathic website, natural materials like tree branches can be a low-cost and effective way to filter water. Wow, Moses was centuries ahead of his times, thanks to the inspiration from the creator of the universe. Take a look at Exodus 15.26. Moses said, If you listen carefully to the Lord your God and do what is right in his eyes, if you pay attention to his commands and keep all his decrees, I will not bring on you any of the diseases I brought on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. You know, in contrast to Moses' health and wellness guidance, our government's shameless promotion of the carbohydrate-rich diet has led to the pandemic of obesity and civilization diseases, according to the NIH. Remember the phrase, heart-healthy grains? Misinformation. 
I truly believe that our society would be healthier if we followed the guidance of the Law of Moses rather than of the CDC, FDA, and NIH. Number two, the second area was child welfare. Long before modern governments provided monetary assistance to those who were down on their luck, the Law of Moses outlined several provisions for orphans and widows. Deuteronomy 14, 28-29 offers specific guidelines on how the state was to provide for the welfare of those unable to provide for themselves. Every three years, citizens were to donate their tithe, meaning a tenth of that year's harvest, to their local warehouse to feed orphans, widows, and other at-risk people groups. Farmers in Israel were also to leave some of their crops of their harvest for the poor. Leviticus 23.22 says this, When you reap the harvest of your land, do not reap to the very edges of the field or gather the gleanings of your harvest. Leave them for the poor and for the foreigner residing among you. I am the Lord your God. This is exactly how the young widow in the book of Ruth was able to provide for herself and her mother-in-law, following the law of Moses. However, the government was never intended to be our primary provider. Candidly, during Season 5, Episode 12 of the award-winning drama Blue Bloods, Henry Reagan makes the following observation. He said this, Family is the original Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. And point number three, the rule of law. The Ten Commandments given to Moses in Exodus 20 were, and still are, the keys to establishing peace, prosperity, and order in every government in every country across the world. But when the basic tenets of do not steal, do not kill, and do not provide false testimony are flagrantly ignored by our legal system, everyone suffers. We're currently seeing this disturbing trend in Democrat-run cities like New York, L.A., and Chicago. In March of 2022, CNN reported that major crimes spiked nearly 60% in February compared to the same month in 2021. The New York Police Department tracked increases across every major crime category. The city recorded a 41% increase in all major crimes through the first months of 2022 compared to the same period last year, including a nearly 54% increase in robberies, a 56% increase in grand larceny incidents, and a 22% increase in rape reports, the data shows. Our legal system, based on the Ten Commandments, provides the tools to restore law and order. But when violations are not prosecuted, the rights of innocent victims are trampled and the poorest neighborhoods suffer disproportionately. In essence, no one is safe except the criminals. And number four is property rights. There were strict laws in ancient Israel which prevented the family farm from being permanently confiscated. Mosaic Law established a plan for the property to be restored to the original owners every seven years during the year of Jubilee. Did you realize that even in 21st century America, owning property is the key to prosperity? Listen to a quote from Forbes magazine. Individuals often overlook or simply forget one of the most effective and tangible methods of building real wealth, homeownership. Renters miss out on equity, mortgage, interest deductions, and the long-term economic benefits that come through wealth building. 
property ownership has always been the key to building wealth in every society. So as we wrap up, I want to talk about the bottom line here. Any gulf separating religion and politics was intentionally put there by our founders to protect individuals from the government, not the government from the church, period. Don't be fooled. Every government is influenced by some religious system. Those who relentlessly lobby to remove the Ten Commandments from our courtrooms, eradicate prayer from our schools, and shame churches and pastors from speaking about politics in the pulpit, they don't truly believe in the separation of church and state. No, they are not against religion in politics, but they're adamantly against our religion influencing their politics. And while we obediently complied with complied with their wishes, they substituted a new religion, one that we now know as wokeism, for the biblical principles that our founding fathers trusted to build this beautiful, free, and prosperous republic. God help us all. So remember, just as you changed your clocks on Sunday, change your government on Tuesday. Don't forget to vote as if your family's health, wealth, and prosperity depend on it because they do. Thank you so much for joining me today for another What in the World, and remember to always pursue the truth.